1: Welcome to The Dirt, a podcast about archaeology,
2: anthropology, and our shared human past. I'm Anna. And I'm Amber. And this week, we're teaching the controversy. Oh, God. <laughs> um, last week, we spoke with Dr. Brianna Povener from the Smithsonian National Museum of Natural History. But during that interview, we failed utterly to ask her about a cover-up that had happened at the Smithsonian. For all Uh-oh. we know, maybe she was involved.
1: <laughs> no, no. Nope. Nope, no? it is too early in this recording for libel.
2: Okay, well, I'm kidding, J.K. J.K. But let me read to you, Anna, <laughs> and everyone else from a story <laughs> entitled a "Smithsonian Admits to Destruction of Thousands of Giant Human Skeletons in Early 1900s." <sighs> okay, okay. So according to this story, quote, I'm, I'm ready. A U.S. Supreme Court ruling has forced the Smithsonian Institution to release classified papers dating from the early 1900s that proves the organization was involved in a major historical cover-up of evidence showing giant human remains in the tens of thousands had been uncovered all across America and were ordered to be destroyed by high-level administrators to protect the mainstream chronology of human evolution at the time." The allegations stemming from the American Institution of Alternative Archaeology, the AIAA, that the Smithsonian Institution had destroyed thousands of giant human remains during the early 1900s was not taken lightly by the Smithsonian, who responded by suing the organization for defamation and trying to damage the reputation of the 168-year-old institution. During the court case, new elements were brought to light as several Smithsonian whistleblowers admitted to the existence of documents that allegedly proved the destruction of tens of thousands oh, of human skeletons me. reaching between six feet and 12 feet in height. A reality mainstream archaeology cannot admit to for different reasons, claims AIAA spokesman James Cherward. Where is this from? It's from 2014. Uh, it was in the uh, World News Daily Report. It's reputable. It's like, yeah, rep- reputable satire. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah the it's, world a, news it's daily a satire, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <God>. <laughs> which, which has its place and is extremely valuable as a form of social commentary. But unfortunately, the story was picked up by more dubious readers and bandied about.
2: Yeah, it's April Fools.
1: We've we fooled you. No, no it's just it's, no. It's April so, Fools. Yeah, it's just April Fools. So let's fools. look at some Fools. Yep. <laughs> so, apart from the fact that the American Institution of Alternative Archaeology does not and has never existed, there is one major problem with this story. According to Ride or Die web source Snopes, quote, The claim regarding the Smithsonian guarding classified documents is unusual. The earliest technically classified documents in the United States go back only as far as World War I, which America entered in 1917. Whereas the discovery of giant skeletons is dated vaguely as occurring in the early 1900s. Prior to the First World War, the need to classify documents as we would today had not yet come to issue due to America's relative then-isolated status, and such a measure would be even less likely to apply to an archaeological discovery, end quote. Later in the story, quote, yet another image frequently attached to other versions of the claim depict Édouard Beaupre, a French-Canadian man afflicted with gigantism who died in 1904. A sideshow celebrity at the time, Beaupre's existence was hardly a secret and certainly not classified by the Smithsonian Institution. Finally, no such Supreme Court decision exists. And if it did, it would have been a matter of public record (laughs) and widely reported in mainstream publication due to its notability. Yeah. So
2: the Smithsonian did not destroy skeletons of giants. No,
1: Dr. Pobiner is off the hook. Yes. In 2007, National Geographic announced that they have not, and have never, found archaeological evidence for giants in response to another famous fake photo of a giant skeleton and teeny tiny archaeologist, which every so often does pop up on my Facebook or Twitter feed, and I'm just like, no. (laughs) Some sources described it as having been discovered in the desert of Saudi Arabia with an apocryphal Islamic narrative to back it up. The Arabian giant was first described in 2004. And a few years later, it appeared again, this time in India and with Hindu scriptures to back it up. From National Geographic, quote, "...an often cited March 2007 article in India's Hindu Voice Monthly claimed that a National Geographic Society team, in collaboration with the Indian Army, had dug up a giant human skeleton in India." The report read, recent exploration activity in the northern region of India uncovered a skeletal remains of a human of phenomenal size. The story went on to say the discovery was made by a National Geographic team, India Division, with support from the Indian Army since the area comes under jurisdiction of the army. The account added that the team also found tablets, of course there were tablets, with inscriptions that suggest the giant belonged to a race of superhumans that are mentioned in the Mahabharata, a Hindu epic poem from about 200 BCE. And that does exist. The Mahabharata for sure exists. that one's real. Yeah, and so the report went on to say, quote, They were very tall, big, and very powerful, such that they could put their arms around a tree trunk and uproot it, repeating claims that initially appeared in 2004. Voice editor P. Devamuthu admitted to National Geographic News that his publication was taken in by the fake reports. The Monthly, which is based in Mumbai, published a retraction after readers alerted Devamuthu to the hoax, he said. Quote, we are against spreading lies and canards, he added. Moreover, our readers are a highly intellectual class and will not brook any nonsense, end quote. Which is a great quote. (laughs) I am also against spreading lies and ducks.
2: Yes, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Le canard. Uh, Well, not to worry because there are plenty of people out there who will brook any nonsense. Just go Uh, anywhere on the internet. Well, but anywhere at all. But specifically, let's fast forward to. A few months later oh, no. in 2000. 2000- Emperor,
1: I'm already so sad.
2: <laughs> and so this is in 2008 um, when an interview with researcher Steve Quayle, um, he doesn't spread Related canards to- either. <laughs> He spreads quails, <laughs> um on on coast to coast AM. Um, do you know what coast to coast AM is, Anna? Uh, no. Okay. No. It's um so coast to coast AM is a show that's been on the radio since like the mid eighties. Um, is it, it on in the morning? It is. It's on from <laughs> one to five AM. Um, oh dear God, East Coast time, I think. Yeah. Um. Oh. So, but it's on AM radio because it's. Coast oh, okay. to coast. So it was started um, in like 84, I think, by mm-hmm. this guy, Art Bell, um, who is a very, who was a very like dynamic radio personality. Um, and I don't mean that euphemistically, like he was like very good at being a radio personality. Um, and so it's been on, it's on every night of the week and it's like half Wait, they gotta find content somehow well no it's half long-form interviews uh-huh. and half call ins. Uh-huh. so you've got you've got everything from like michio kaku talking about string theory to Whoa. like steve quayle and you've got like you've got stuff around very like speculative science and like <laughs> like you know like Quantum physics, like very Hi, like,
1: long time listener, first time caller. I'd love to learn more about string theory and giants.
2: Yeah, so you've got this like mix of people who um, who are listening to things about conspiracy theories and uh-huh. about like f- like free point energy and like all, and like ghosts and stuff. And you've got this really interesting mix of people. And personalities, and yeah. um, just sort of—it's. I find I—I've listened to it. Um, well, we and, we're both anthropologists, so from sort of a—but well, I it's was, not people. No, people no watching, I was. It's people I was listening. like, no, I was. I was like a weird kid. So, like, I know that. <laughs> so, Our like, listeners know that too. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I'm right there. I'm right there okay. with all like the ghosts and stuff. So I was okay. just like, tell me more. Uh, but. Steve Quayle was on Coast to Coast AM and he had he had a long form interview and Mm -hmm. the first half was about flashpoints and just like nonsense conspiracy stuff. Um, But I'm just going to read this from the description of that night's episode of the show. Um, Mm -hmm. In the second half of the interview, (laughs) Mm -hmm. he talked about his latest research into giants. See accompanying image was of a giant. Um, Okay, thank you. Quayle alleged that shadowy elements of the government are keeping giants in suspended animation at secret labs in order to study their genetics. According to his sources, the body temperature of the giants quote, runs around 120 to 130 degrees end quote, and that quote, these guys can go 40 miles per hour in two steps, end quote. What? Yeah, I don't that's not, I don't what? I would not want to encounter that word problem on the GRE because I don't know what that means.
0: <laughs> a so, giant
2: goes two steps. How fast is he going? I think, I think like sort of like zero to 60 in a no, second. I understand, sec- I I think understand what he's trying to say. I don't know. Well, it's not what he's saying. It's what his sources are saying. <laughs> mm. So mm-hmm. the the description. So giants, goes, they're hot, they're fast. <laughs> Nope. Uh, the description goes on to say quail was later joined by anonymous pilot who claimed Mm. to have transported a dead giant shot by the military while stationed in Afghanistan. Um, He estimated that the creature was, quote, 12 feet tall, give or take, and, quote, around 1100 pounds, end Mm. quote. The pilot noted that the being had six fingers on each hand and his feet were adorned with, quote, rudimentary shoes and, quote, made of canvas. Uh, according to what his superiors told him, the giant body was eventually transloaded back to a base in Ohio. So he was wearing Chuck Taylors. Yeah. The rudimentary shoes. Maybe those Vans slip ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, also seeing so you know, of beings who had six fingers on each hand, my uncle had that polydactyly.
1: Yeah. It's not an unusual yeah. genetic condition.
2: Yeah. So I don't, so that might not be. It's a thing. Representative it's not, yeah, of it's, all giants. Um, nope. <laughs> so that same story. So that's the end of that description. So Steve Quayle is on in 2008 talking about his like high level sort of whistleblower resources that he has because he's a researcher. Um, yeah. And so that same story about U.S. military personnel in Afghanistan engaging with the giant came back around in like 2016 ish. As they do. Um, yeah. So that story like circled back around because. Unfortunately, we were still in Afghanistan. <laughs> but it was long enough to like circle back around and be current again. Yep. Um, so now, the thing about Steve Quayle is he's a kook. So he's like, <laughs> so, what? so, and not just like, like, he, he's like a bad dude. I, he, so, there are
1: plenty of benign kooky folks.
2: Exactly, Steve Quayle. I, I love benign one. kooks. Steve Quayle is not one. So he's like he's actually very much like a far right hyper fundamentalist kook. Um, and if you mm. want to learn more about Steve Quayle, I recommend an episode of Knowledge Fight, um, mm-hmm. that talks about his appearance on the TV show of Televangelist and convicted criminal. Jim Baker, who Notable is. Notable
1: pusher of slot buckets. Well,
2: yeah, he sells food buckets, but also he's like back in the public consciousness again. Yes. Um, for doing more crimes because he's yes. been pushing um, colloidal silver and like nano silver as, yeah. as a preventative and curative for coronavirus. So, despite if, cease and desist orders. Despite cease and desist orders. To, do, not, yes, to exactly. not do that. Um, so, Jim Baker. Is so much more than the colloidal silver guy. Like he's, he is like a, he's got his, his praise the Lord network, PTL network. Uh-huh. Um, it's PTL network is his network. Praise the okay. Lord. Okay. Um, I, I understand. Okay, yes. good. Um, so he's got that and he started that after he got out of prison because <laughs> he is a criminal. He's um, a bad
1: man who does bad and he should feel bad. He should
2: feel bad about it. Um, so- Oh, but I'll get back to that appearance in a second because Great. there's a reason why he's on an ev- like a televangelist show. But first, okay. here's a quote attributed to Steve Quayle, pulled from Rational Wiki, um, which is a wiki dedicated to skepticism and debunking conspiracy theories. So obviously. I, uh- <laughs> I have a question. Yes. Is
1: it, is it rational wiki? Like, is it genuinely about skepticism and debunking? Yeah. Cause when, okay. Cause when things call it like rational wiki makes me think it's not, you know, no, 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 no,
2: no, no, It's, it's, it's a rational wiki. Okay. Um, and if, it, if you walked up and said, I'm not here to do crimes. No, would be well, like, no, like rational wiki is also, there are parts of it that are sort of that, like, you know, that person you meet at a party and they're like, I'm an atheist. And they're like a jerk. And the two things uh, are connected. I mean, I try not to go to those kind of parties. But, but you, yeah, you've sure. met those. You've, you've met those people. I sure Th- have. That, that guy seems to sometimes edit articles on Rational Wiki. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay.
0: It's Chris Webster again. If you haven't checked out our new parent website, culturomedia.com then please do. Culturo is spelled K-U-L-T-U-R-O, and it's where we promote all of our live events. We've got one coming up in November. Check it out over at Kulturo when it gets posted. If it's already happened and you're hearing this, then as a member, you can go to your member pages and see the event recording. Our live events are always free, but you have to show up during the event to see it. So that's CulturoMedia.com for all our live events and more. KulturoMedia.com.
2: By and large, it's it's pretty pretty good. Okay, so
1: so give me Um, this this quote.
2: So here's a here's a quote attributed to him. I have invested over thirty years researching the vast history of giants. It has, for the most part, been kept from the public. Proof of giants' existence, their skeletal remains, has been quickly secreted away in obscure museums when not destroyed. Additionally, time has cloaked and sugar-coated these creatures' true perverse nature, the majority too vile, too demonic for bedtime stories. However, history is replete with their tales of unimaginable cruelty, sexual perversity, cannibalism, and pagan rituals. This is only the beginning. Some things are best forgotten. Or are they? This guy had
1: just like a bad
2: trip and thought about Jack and the Beanstalk. (laughs) Possibly did. Um, but giants sound an awful lot like Neanderthals, am I right? Well, uh, yeah, if, if Stephen <laughs> Quayle and Danny Vendramini walk got into together. a bar. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: no. Again, I kid. Um, so there, <sighs> there's a good reason why Quayle was on Baker's show because he was there talking about the, ooh, the giants of the Anasazi as he referred to them. Yeah. Um, well, we, first of all, we don't well, use that word, but he does. He does because they were giants and yeah. they like ate everyone, which is why they are enemy ancestors because they ate everyone, I guess. And then disappeared oh. or something because portals, I okay. don't, I don't know, but don't correct me. I don't care. I don't care. D- <laughs> I don't care. Um, so, but there's a biblical basis to a lot of these narratives around giants. And so even mm-hmm. though he is very rooted in or at least he presents purports to be on Jim Baker's show as being like rooted in scripture in like biblical scripture, he's he's pulling from sort of semi heard semi made up by him. Mythologies of indigenous yeah. communities. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because there's this biblical basis, uh, just like how that fake photo invoked both Islamic and Hindu bases, depending on what suited the location. Um yeah. for the people that maintain that the Bible should be interpreted literally, uh, the following verse tells us all we need to know. And that verse is Genesis 6, 4. And this is from the King James Version. Um, there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bore children to them and the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And so the sons of God, those are angels argued to be angels and. Um, Unless you're saying they're aliens because angels obviously have no genitalia, therefore they cannot copulate with anything. So it must have been aliens. It's all um, ken dolls down there. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> um and then the daughters of men are human ladies. Ladies, yeah. And yeah, so got you've got part. angels mm-hmm. that came down and are like, dang. And what's like up? what's up? And then so these and half angelic, half human beings, um which are giant which are giants, are what's known as the Nephilim. And so Mm -hmm. Nephilim is a Hebrew word that we don't really have a good translation for because it is a Hebrew word in a context that we don't have access to. So they're just the Nephilim, like Mm -hmm. the AFI song. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so... um, Oh my God. (laughs) So at this point... (laughs) I love how mad you are in this episode. This was so much fun for me.
1: (laughs) I'm really glad you're having fun, (laughs) bud. So at this point in the episode, I am desperately grasping for some solid science ground to land on. So thank goodness we're moving on to DNA of... Oh, no. (laughs) So. (laughs) uh, Well. (laughs) the daily mail is at it again with some stellar and responsible journalism uh i'm going to read the title of this article was 19th century ape woman a yeti six foot six inch russian serf who could outrun a horse was not human according to dna tests and then the article provides some brief bullet points Witnesses. (laughs) which Witnesses.
2: Also, <laughs> which also, like, she wasn't Russian. She was from Abkhazia, which Russia, like, way to, like, yeah, well, Russia, like, empired them. Yeah, but,
1: well, like, the rest of this article is so factual. How just, They really slipped the, up this there. This is, like,
2: where I started getting mad. <laughs> like, this is... That's your threshold? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I, of I'm course. Really Imper- into, like, Im-
1: imperialism like is your self, threshold. Of course
2: self-determination. It is. Self-determination. She
1: was Abkhazian. Mm, mm-hmm. Well, she doesn't matter because she wasn't human,
2: (laughs) says the Daily Mail.
1: (laughs) Witnesses said Zana, the ape woman, had, quote, the characteristics of a wild animal, end quote. She was allegedly trapped in Caucasus mountains and covered in thick hair, had enormous athletic power, and she could infamously outrun a horse. Infamous among horses.
2: What? Infamous among horses. Mm. That's a a teaser for our... Our deep cuts this month. Yeah. (laughs) Subscribe
1: to our Patreon and boy, are you gonna get some horse news. You're gonna get that joke. (laughs) A genetics professor has analyzed DNA of six of her living descendants. Okay. Here we go. (laughs) Professor. (laughs) Can our our next episode needs to be something that I like? (laughs) <laughs> Professor Brian's no I, got I do dinosaurs I, last year. <laughs> that was fun for everyone. Uh, Professor Brian Sykes of the University of Oxford claims a towering woman named Zana who lived in 19th century Russia and appeared to be half human half ape could have been the fabled yeti Witnesses describe the six foot six inches tall woman discovered in the Caucasus Mountains between Georgia and Russia as having, quote, all the characteristics of a wild animal, end quote, and covered in thick auburn hair. Well, famously known again as the ape woman, Zana had at least four children by local men and some of her descendants still live in the region. Sykes made an astonishing discovery when he carried out saliva tests on six of her living relatives and the tooth of her deceased son quit. He should have quit while he was ahead.
2: That's spelled K H W
1: I T. Yeah, so I really wasn't sure how to quit, maybe? I don't know. Mm. The DNA analysis revealed that they all contained the right amount of African... De- what does that even mean? The right amount of African DNA for oh, Zana, yeah. the ape woman to be 100% African. What? But remarkably, she did not resemble any known group. This article was written by someone who has never thought about DNA before. Her resemblance was that of a wild beast, the most frightening feature of which was her expression, which was pure animal, one Russian zoologist wrote in 1996. Jeez. (laughs) The man who organized various eyewitness accounts of Zana wrote, her athletic power was enormous. She would outrun a horse and swim across the Moskva River even when it rose in violent high tide. Some have argued that she was a runaway Ottoman slave, but Professor Sykes says her unparalleled DNA refutes that theory. He believes her ancestors came out of Africa over 100,000 years ago and lived in the remote Caucasus for many generations. I hate this so
2: much. Well, I guess in a way. So, in a way it's likely that her ancestors came out of Africa over 100,000 yeah. years ago and lived in in,
1: in and like, in the area where she was found, yes. Yeah, in a way? He but this, the things that he is saying so this can be right. However, so this sounds like a sounds like bad racist thing. Sure does, and also, um, well, ableist isn't the right word, but also sort of nor- highly normative because you know the description of ape woman and stuff that comes from a very long history of um, descriptions of people with physical abnormalities that are caused by either, um, hyper hormonal condition yeah. or other things. And, and there are conditions where humans can be covered in essentially heavy, thick body hair. That's essentially, it, it resembles fur and that is, it's a genetic condition and it, it doesn't mean that they're not human.
2: Yeah. This yeah. Makes no, this, me is, mad. this is, um, yeah, that article mm-hmm. really sucks. Yeah, it really does, yeah. and um,
1: I, 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 Amber, you and I have talked about this before. I don't remember if I've mentioned it on the show, but I was reading that book, Freaks, by I can't remember the name right now, but we can post it in the show notes. But it, it's a not terribly sympathetic account of lots of these different cases of sort of um, physical abnormalities and how they were seen, you know, sideshow folks and and performers in the sort of seventeenth through nineteenth centuries, and it's. It's an interesting phenomenon and people's reaction to it is um interesting if not terribly charitable. Um,
2: yeah. Yeah. And and so I'll include also Maybe I won't. I wanna give them the clicks. This but this no. story from the Daily Mail was picked up by lots of alternative news sites um looking for evidence of Nephilim. Yeah. So but, so, sp- to sort of bring us on home, as it yeah, were, here's please. a story from my corner of the world. Um, and it's an article from... Best th- Virginia. Yeah, from the Best Virginia. And it's an article in West Virginia Explorer, written by friend of the show, Charity. Hi, Charity. Hi, Charity. Um, so, I'm going to read... A, so this is, if you remember, when we've talked we've talked about this before um, when we discussed the mound builders, mm-hmm. um, and then also when we were talking about um, way way in the way back when we talked about the um, Cardiff Giant. Yeah, uh, that was in our episode on hoaxes. Yeah. So yes. spoiler, <laughs> spoiler, it wasn't a real giant. Yeah, <laughs> spoiler, not a real giant. Um, so. If in this, so in her article, <laughs> scholars debunk the myth of prehistoric giants in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, she asks, where did this idea originate and is there archaeological evidence? And so I'm going to read from her article now. Similar ideas were found across the United States, but according to Olivia Jones, the West Virginia stories have been reinforced by a line from the book Mounds of the Dead, published by a Dr. Don (laughs) Dragoo. What a name! I know! In 1963. So, Dragoo was an archaeologist (laughs) with (laughs)
1: Dr. Dragoo is just Mr. Magoo's cousin. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's Mr. Magoo under an assumed name. Ah, doctor. Dr. (laughs) Dragoo. (laughs) Dragoo.
2: Well, Drew was an archaeologist with the Carnegie Museum of Natural History up in Pittsburgh, Mm -hmm. uh, who excavated Crescent Mound and many other Adena burial mounds. His 1963 book mentions the excavation of a seven-foot, two-inch high skeleton beneath Crescent Mound, and this account is still used today as an example of a supposedly giant (sighs) Adena. Unfortunately... Many readers are unaware that this is a field measurement, not a scientific reconstruction. Mm -hmm. Um, Olivia Jones is quoted saying, estimating an individual's living stature from skeletal remains requires well-preserved leg bones, as well as considerations of the age and biological sex of the individual. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Um, Natural processes after burial often result in the bones being broken, incomplete, and more spread apart. Thus, taking a measurement of the skeleton from the top of the skull to the bottom of the foot bones would provide an inaccurate stature of the individual. Additionally, the skeleton was likely, quote, measured by a workman in the field um, and who were often local day laborers rather than trained osteologists in a lab. Estimating living stature from skeletal remains requires expertise in anatomy and forensic reconstruction. Partial skeletons are even more difficult, requiring special calculations. According to one of the curators at the Carnegie Museum of Natural History, the seven foot measurement may even be a typo, as it cannot be found (laughs) in Dugu's original notes. I also,
1: if I could just interject briefly, seven foot two, yes, very tall, but not Outside the realm of human height. Yeah, exactly. It is a very tall person, but the tallest known person was eight foot two ish. Yeah. So.
2: And finding one, one person does not a, a race of giants make. Exactly. Yeah. Um, So back to Charity's article here to wrap it up. Um, Jones also recounted information from the peer reviewed article, Giant Amerindians, fact, Or fantasy, um, which could not which could not find any evidence of gigantism in Native American skeletal data and noted that Adena males actually averaged five feet, six inches. Some European settlers claim to have encountered giant natives, such as those depicted in Theodore (laughs) de Brie's famous wood carvings. These were rarely firsthand accounts, and no skeletal evidence for these statures has been found. It's just it, somebody who got beat up by a re- a regular sized
1: person. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like no,
2: well, seven feet tall. Yeah, and it suited. And so the the last line I'll read from Charity here is: it suited these adventurers to sensationalize their survival accounts while also justifying harsh responsive t- responses to Native American threats. Yeah.
1: Which is... And dehumanizing Native Americans. Exactly. By creating monsters out of them.
2: So just as um, Zana was dehumanized by both her Abkhazian neighbors and the Daily Mail, white settlers in Appalachia and, and Points West, uh, talking about um, the sort of the ground features of, of Adina and Hopewell Mounds, thinking that like, oh, obviously... These were and they they also argue that, oh, they were like these peaceful giants who got run off by like savage tribal Ma- communities natives, that we now yeah. that we now have to put up with. Um, and it becomes part of that narrative, that uh, colonial narrative of. Yeah. Uh, and and, of and this we're wasn't, here to reclaim and sort of <laughs> reinstate order. Yeah. And, and this wasn't just sort of a, a
1: fringe Belief. I mean, we we talked about this in the Mound Builders episode, but um, the idea of giants in the Americas was deeply entrenched enough in sort of the American consciousness that Abraham Lincoln included a reference in a speech talking about Niagara Falls and uh, something about the the sleeping giants that once roamed the land, and it, you know it. Uh, yeah. Uh,
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so like when they say, uh, you know, like and there were giants in those days and like, you know, is a metaphor. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes
1: it is not literal truth. Sometimes it is allegory or metaphor or fanciful illustration of a point.
2: Yeah. And sometimes it's it's just a story. Sometimes it's satire. Yeah. Well, the point is that
1: you shouldn't go getting into arguments about giants on the internet. Oh, Anna knows that. (laughs) I made someone mad.
2: (laughs) I think, well, if anybody knows that, it's charity.
1: (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) Um, So, listeners, archaeologically speaking, there is no evidence for, first of all, a cover up by any (laughs) reputable educational organization. And there is no evidence for a race of giants, uh, myth- mythological giants. Um, and if you see that photo on the Internet, it's Photoshop.
2: It is. And it was it's part Photoshop. of a um, it was like there is evidence of when it first appeared because it was entered into a Photoshop contest. Yeah. And it won. Hey, metadata. It's a real thing. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, so we'll post that image, but I'm going to make sure to like put like a watermark or something on it that just says, nope.
2: <laughs> yeah, do that.
1: Yeah, because uh, I want people to be able to see what we're talking about, but I also don't want to propagate this
2: yeah. baloney. Well, and so happy April Fool's. Happy birthday <laughs> to my dad. Um, Aw, April Fool's baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, And don't worry, this is not... This isn't all the dirt you're getting for this week. No, no. This is just a special little. A little, little, little. little Pick them up. Nugget. Yeah. 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 You get a little nugget. Well, um, let's let's
1: wrap it up there. Huh?
2: Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for you. listening. We love you. We'll see. You. We'll we'll you'll hear us in a few days. Yep. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye.
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast. Please consider leaving a review on your favorite podcasting app. You could also consider becoming a member so we can keep content like this free and available to all. Check out pricing and info at arcpodnet.com slash members. Thanks again and have a great day.